Hey everybody, welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider podcast, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me as always is the ever-patient and delightful Jonathan Strickland. I'm fancy like Applebee's on a date night. He's been listening to some hip-hop country, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a really... Di- People out there who are familiar with the song know exactly what I'm already referencing. Uh, if you don't, you can just go on YouTube and do a search for the song Fancy Like. It's dumb. It's a dumb, dumb song. And I am not a country music fan for the most part. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, YouTube flagged that song as being one to put into my like suggested playlist, which I, I listen to on occasion when I'm taking my dog on a walk. I'll put on YouTube music because I'm a subscriber and I just put it on that so I can discover stuff. Right. And for some reason, it thinks I want to discover novelty country music songs. And um, and I don't. Uh, well, <laughs> but I, obviously but, you do. Well, that song, it's it's so it is very catchy. Um, and it is like funny on a very surface level like it's it's playing into a lot of like white trash tropes unfortunately Mm -hmm. but it is kind of funny at that surface level it is kind of a novelty song so there are parts of it where i'm like i should not like this at all but i am kind of entertained by it but it's not i don't want youtube to start grabbing other stuff like it (laughs) like i would much rather get back to you know the stuff that i i tend to enjoy more which includes everything from folk to punk rock to glam to new wave that kind of stuff uh, yeah. and maybe maybe leave the novelty country alone so i i don't mind country i actually like a good bit of like nerdcore rap um and other rap too it it really depends on on the song uh, there are very few artists that i like across the board i like their songs i love old town road um, but yeah, when it's when it's one of those novelty mashups, it's got to be real clever or I'm like, mm, you're just doing this to capitalize. And there's it doesn't feel like there's artistry behind it. So I, I get that. Yeah. And and to be clear, like I like old country music, like the stuff that's getting close to, you know, bluegrass kind of style or or the 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 Hank Williams senior kind of stuff like I dig that that music. But uh, I'm not as big a fan of modern country. There's some stuff that kind of touches on country that that's been out for the, I guess, last 30 or 40 years that I do dig. I mean, Dolly is always going to have a place in my heart, for example. What about like Goodbye Earl? Okay, awesome song. song Goodbye Earl by the Chicks. Fantastic song. I love that song. I really, really love the version that's done by me first and the Gimme Gimme's which is mm-hmm. kind of a super band. It's made up of members of other bands and they come together and they do uh, a sort of power pop um, garage rock kind of covers of various songs and different genres. They've done musicals, they've done country and they do a great version of goodbye Earl, but the original is also awesome. So I do like that one. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some Shania Twain that made it to, like to popular radio that I also like. So okay, like, yeah, said, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Still depend. the one, oh, that one I, I can, you know, I like or uh, don't impress me much, or I don't know if Shania did it, but the one like I dug my keys into the side of his pretty Lucy. Oh. <laughs> well, there's also, there's also one that was done by, I can't even remember which country music star did it, but uh, there's a song called, um, 
uh, cry. If you cry just a little, lie just a little, pretend that mm-hmm. you're feeling just a little more pain is the way the lyrics go. Yeah. That song's originally by an Atlanta-based artist who's not a country music artist named Angie Aparo. And he is phenomenal. And I'm a huge Angie Aparo fan. I was a big fan of his in his, you know, just his burgeoning Atlanta career. And it blew my mind one day when I was in some place and the country, the female country music version of that song came over the sound system. And I was like, oh, good on you, Angie. You sold your song. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, like I said, it's song dependent. It sounds like it is for you too. Um, But hey, (laughs) this isn't a country music podcast. I guess it could be. Some people are very geeky about country music. Oh, absolutely. Um, It's a geek media podcast. So um, we should maybe jump into that. Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to start with our 30 seconds or less segment. And uh, I decided to overcorrect (laughs) for my loquacious (laughs) past in this segment, because uh, as some of y'all have noticed, my 30 seconds or less tends to be, I'll talk about it for as long as I want to. So here we go. Now I'm I'm getting self-conscious. I'm going to set a timer too. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my first one. And go. This week, Warner Brothers Discovery announced that the new unified streaming service we've all been hearing about is going to be called Max, and it launches on May 23rd. HBO Max subscribers will become Max subscribers at no extra cost. That's $9.99 per month with ads, $15.99 per month without ads, and there's a new $19.99 per month level if you need to stream to four 4K televisions at the same time for some reason. Done. Brilliant. Uh, next, we got news that uh, House of the Dragon season two is starting to film. Um, we knew back when the first one ended that there would be a little bit of a break between the first and the second. They say all your favorite characters are back. So maybe I haven't watched it. Maybe it's not as deadly um, as Game of Thrones. Um, but if you like House of the Dragon, that's great news. Um, and if you like people in it, that's great news because you get to see him again. Um, I'm going to do a critical role jester thing. I have six more seconds. So do, 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 do. Do, 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 pretending I'm sending. Okay, nobody gets, that wasn't a good reference. Okay. Donuts. <laughs> you got to throw donuts at the end. Donuts. Also, just, just super quick addition. Uh, maybe the reason why all their favorites will be returning is they've only been killing off the ones everyone hates so far. Smart. Yeah. Okay, here we go. My next one. Hey, you got Stranger Things on my cartoons. Hey, you got cartoons in my Stranger Things. Say... Yep. Earlier this week, Netflix announced it has ordered an animated series based on Stranger Things, that the series will be in the vein of Saturday morning cartoons, and it will keep the 80s nostalgia going strong. And that is all we know. We don't know if any of the cast are coming in to do voice for it, but cool idea. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Something that many people are excited for, and I don't know if we covered it last week when we talked about Disney's Star Wars Celebration, but Bad Batch is getting a season three renewal. Uh, They showed a trailer at Celebration. I don't think we've seen it yet. It'll air in 2024, and it will be um, the final season. I haven't watched Bad Batch. We have like 10 seconds. Have you, Jonathan? I haven't. I haven't watched any of Bad Batch either. But I've heard it's good, so... Maybe I'll binge it once the third season is out. Cool. Donuts. (laughs) Donuts. Here we go. Hey, you got Sebastian Stan on my Maria Bakalova. (laughs) 
Hey, you got Marie. Okay, never mind. So Stan and Bekalova have been cast in a spy comedy film for Paramount. It's a film that hasn't been written yet, but they've been cast in it. Jenny Bix has been tapped to write the script. Uh, you might know her work for writing for Sex and the City. She also created the series Men in Trees. And again, we know very little except it's a spy comedy. Okay, uh, next, you got some Stephen Stefan Kapakik on my Marina background. <laughs> you got some Marina background on my, no. Uh, so we know that Marina background and Stephen Kapakik, who are Vanessa and Colossus uh, in Deadpool 1 and 2, will be back for Deadpool 3. Uh, the article on IGN says this is like the third X-Men character to make it into the official MCU. I feel like this one's cheating, though, because it's not like pulling out of one property and putting into another. He's been in all the Deadpool movies, so it doesn't feel like an official MCU, even though Deadpool's part. I don't know. I'm rambling. The end. <laughs> I will say that I will say that I saw a clip of uh, Marina Baccarin on another podcast that was not that long ago, where at that point she still wasn't sure if they were going to be able to come to an agreement. So I'm glad that they were because uh, yes. uh, I love her. I think she's a great actress and I uh, would love to see her show up in the MCU, even if it's just for a moment. I agree. OK, here we go with my next one. So remember a few years ago when we found out that Lady Gaga was going to be in American Horror Story and we all kind of wondered if she could act as if that's even important in American Horror Story? Well, <laughs> now we can have the exact same conversation, except we replace Lady Gaga with Kim Kardashian because she's going to be part of the show's 12th season. I cannot believe that show has been on for 12 seasons. Also, I can't stand that show. I can't watch a show. It's too scary. But yeah, I have no, it does not feel like it's been that long. Um, okay. Uh, next, uh, Wicked filmmaker, John M. Chu, who, uh, you know, we're getting Wicked Part 1 and 2, the movies coming out soon. It has already decided what his next movie is going to be um, once he's done with that. And it's going to be Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I think that's, I enjoy that musical. I've been in that musical. I was Mrs. Potiphar plus the tango dancer plus like, I had so many quick changes in that show. It was ridiculously fun. Anyhow, on the one hand, I'm super excited for him to take it and revive it. On the other hand, PBS already did a really great version of that with Joan Crawford and Donny Osmond way back when. So don't know if he can beat it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all I know is when I saw this news, I closed my eyes and drew back the curtain. <clears throat> right. Uh, so you're walking down the street and you got 20 grand or so burning a hole in your pocket. What do you spend it on? Well, might I suggest one of these fine Marvel figurines made by Swarovski? Yes, you can buy what I think is a really gaudy pendant necklace made of Swarovski crystals in the shape of various Marvel characters. If you have about $23,000 to drop, that is, uh, I don't like them. <laughs> so, so I, I, I have to interject a little bit. I know it's 30 seconds or less, but the pendants, like the, the, the pal one or the Spider-Man or the, the Black Panther pendants that are just like the little pave sort of things. They're more like $175. It's, uh, the Hulk is like 700. And then the 23 grand ones are the like figurine of, uh, Captain Marvel and Spider-Man. And those are like made up of thousands and thousands and thousands of Swarovski crystal. Which, you know, I don't know. So I, you, 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 it you is can't affordable. Convince, 
you can't convince me that Swarovski crystals are really worth that much, but that's maybe, maybe I'm just to a point where I'm like, yeah, nothing's worth nothing. No more. I like some of their figurines and I like some of their jewelry, although I would not buy that jewelry particularly, yeah. even though I like that. Sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, next thing. So you know how we talked about Harry Potter getting a TV show on HBO Max? Well, apparently they're getting 10 years worth of TV show um, with J.K. Rowling as executive producer. And I just like, I know they can't divorce her from it, but I wish they could because all, all of all of her transphobic stuff aside, which I think she's she's been rather hateful personally, um, the stories she's writing lately all are very sus and don't need to be. So, yeah, uh, I 100% agree uh, on everything. Uh, I we have trans friends, and mm-hmm. I can't support anyone who uses their platform to essentially dismiss people I love in my life. I, I'm not going to do that. But also I agree with you, like even on reflection and I, I'm not saying this is someone like, Oh, she's terrible. So now I don't like her work anymore. Even at the time while I was reading the original Harry Potter series, I felt like they peaked at book three slash four. And then we're on a downward slope after that. And I haven't res- none of her other work has resonated with me. So this does not, fill me with excitement either yeah uh, honestly I, I i know this is a 30 seconds or less i i have to add back into this you know what i think it is i think it's lazy writing because even if she so like a video a, a video game that came out recently that was harry potter also got pinged for being uh anti-semitic right mm-hmm. um whether or not she intended to be if she is using harmful stereotypes to make her writing easier that's not great that's not good so well let me talk about some fantasy that you can feel good about right now as we record this episode the lord of the rings return of the king film from 2003 is back in at least some regal cinemas theaters and that's because it's the movie's 20th anniversary plus it sounds like this is the director's cut which is a whopping 260 minutes long if you want to see this movie with all 18 of its endings you have until april 20th if there's a regal cinemas showing it near you uh watched these recently i'm i'm good uh (laughs) (laughs) something i didn't read and i watched them originally in the theater something i didn't watch unfortunately and honestly didn't even realize that it had uh left the theaters already is shazam fury of the gods uh which is a sequel to the first shazam dc movie but it's gotten its release date of may 23rd to streaming on hbo max slash max um, so if you didn't catch it in the theater, if it's not in a theater near you and you don't want to buy it for $20 on Prime Video or rent it or whatever, then um, you can watch it on streaming in about a month. Cool. All right. Now we have known that Marvel has a Blade movie coming out. We've known that for ages. But beyond that, we've had very little information, partly because it sounds like stuff behind the scenes went wonky. There were like rewrites and stuff. And now we know that Mia Goth, which is Ty West's leading lady in films like X and Pearl, is a late addition to the production. Now, as of now, the movie is still aiming to release on September 6th, 2024. Do not be shocked if that date moves. Yeah, I want to be in it. It hasn't started filming, but it's filming Atlanta. 
write in. I don't know. Uh, I'm stealing my stuff from everybody today. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Renfield is out. You, we all know this because I've been very excited about it. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but there's also a video game. So if you want to pretend to be Renfield, uh, you can buy a $5 Steam video game and walk around New Orleans trying to find your boss and encountering gangs and um, adventure time. We. <laughs> well, that, I mean, as exciting as that is, um, uh, I, I don't, I don't really, uh, have a desire to play that Nicholas Cage, um, uh, title as a game. What I want is the, his, what was it? The, the, Vampire's uh, Kiss? no, 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 not that one either. Um, what was the the unbearable weight of massive talent? That one. I want oh. that game where you can you, you can choose from one of like 30 different Nicolas Cage skins to play through the game. Mm -hmm. I uh, I haven't watched that movie yet, and it's breaking my heart. I need. Yeah, to I need it. to see it, too. Like it's that was on my list of movies that I was potentially going to go to the theater to see. But as we all know, I have only done that. I did it for the menu. Have I done it for anything else? I can't, I can't even think you, of it. You another... went to see Barbarian. Yes. I saw Barbarian and I saw the menu and, um, and I, I like the menu way more than I like Barbarian. I know a lot of people who really love Barbarian and I've heard their, their arguments. They're all really good. But at the time when I was watching, I, um, I found the middle of that movie frustrating, which again was intended. Like that was the, the purpose of it. But it didn't it didn't then transform into delight for me. I was just mad. <laughs> I get that. I get that way on some movies. Um, definitely. I've I've been to the movie theater more rights. Okay, actually, that's the end of our 30 seconds or less, which leads into what have we watched? And I actually did go to the movie theater last weekend. Yeah, um, Ariel Ariel TV. failed her saving throw against schlocky fantasy films. A little shocky. It was also a lot of fun. The uh general I saw D D Honor Among Thieves, which I was lazy when I was putting together my adventuring party for that foray and called it D D Ham, but it would be D D hat. Uh, but now I really want like a D D sub. Maybe I'll roll watch roll for sandwich and he'll come up with a D D ham sandwich. Um <laughs> uh but uh the the group of people I saw it with, my intrepid adventurer friends and I um, all agreed that it was better than we expected it to be. Um, one of the interesting things is that the jokes that failed so hard for Jonathan and honestly for me too in the trailers were still in the movie, but contextually and with uh, different punchlines, they were better and they played well. Um, my, my friends all thought that Chris Pine was the weakest actor, which surprised me but um i thought everybody did a really great job and i had a lot of fun and i have mixed emotions about all of the practical effects they used because like the dragonborn and the aarakocra look great to me but the tabaxi kind of looked like uh high school mascots um <clears throat> but i appreciate i appreciate them not doing everything in cgi i really i really liked it the paladin was my favorite character i feel like the tabaxi should have all just been clearly uh uh edits from the cats film you know my my husband said the same thing and i can't agree that was too 
That was, no, no. Nope. I just think it'd be nope. great if your if your party ran into the rum tum tugger. <laughs> Listen, okay, so watch D and D. It's fun. It's it's interesting because they really did. One, you can tell the people who wrote it really like D and D and have a good understanding of it. And two, they really did try to make it accessible to people who are fans of the franchise and those who are not but might like a good fantasy movie. So, yeah. well done on them. I, I have heard lots of positive reactions to this movie. A lot of people have really enjoyed it. Uh, there have been a lot of videos about the various Easter eggs that are in there, including some pretty deep cuts. But there are a lot of references to D and D lore throughout the movie from what I understand. So I do look forward to seeing it. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's certainly a much more worthy film adaptation than the film from 2000. Yeah. De De oh, there is no comparison. There's absolutely no comparison. Yeah. As for myself, the only thing really of note that, I mean, I watched some more horror movies recently, but they were older ones and I can't even like, I remember I watched Smile, which uh, I thought was interesting. Uh, it felt a little too It Follows to me, and It Follows is a much better mm -hmm. movie, in my opinion. In my opinion, it is. Um, but I can't remember what else. I, I, I remember I watched a couple of horror movies. Oh, I watched um, Terrifier 2, and I do not recommend it unless you are an absolute fan of gore-based horror, because that's kind of all the movie has going for it. And uh, I am not like, I, I mean, I, I'm fine with gore, but I need more than that to make a horror movie entertaining to me. And uh, so I did not really find that one entertaining. But the other thing I did watch was the third episode of Schmacago, the second season of Schmigadoon. And uh, I can just say that so far, Schmacago season two is an improvement over season one in pretty much every way. I enjoyed season one when I finally watched it. I liked it, but season two is delighting me with all the references and the parodies. Uh, I'm, I'm really digging it and uh, I hope it can sustain that for three more episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need to get on that. <laughs> it's good. Get it's that. good. Ariel. Like, like I said, the first season is, is it's entertaining. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I felt like it was maybe 70% of the way where it needed to be. And this one, I feel like, no, they're, they're exactly where they need to be for season two. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's, that's awesome news. Um, I did also start watching, uh, the latest season of doom patrol, um, which I had fallen woefully behind on um and i'm enjoying that and i watched jake jake gillenhall's hot ones last night which uh was the end of this current season of it and he was a delight to watch he was very funny and not yeah, just because he quoted court jester <laughs> there are a lot of uh, a lot of good interviews this past season i really liked florence Pugh's episode quite a bit she was uh really funny and her coping mechanisms were a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I like Jake Gyllenhaal because he didn't get mad at the host. Um, purposefully. <laughs> like, why did you do this to me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. And if you haven't ever watched hot ones, like, first of all, what a great premise, the idea of, of conducting an interview while eating a 
series of sequentially spicier hot wings. It's a fantastic idea. It really takes, it really gets the guard down for a lot of people. But on top of that, Sean Evans, who's the host, he and his team do such phenomenal research that consistently interview subjects are surprised and delighted by the questions he asks. So if you have never watched hot ones, you should definitely go check it out. There are, you know, there's like hundreds of episodes at this point. I think they've been doing it for like 17 seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have so much news to get through. Um, Let's, that's not 30 seconds or less. Let's start. And first we'll start with a new Peter Pan and Wendy trailer. Yep. I liked it. what do you think? I liked it too. Maybe we should have put that in 30 seconds or less. <laughs> I mean, like we've talked about this before, you know, obviously this is another live action uh, remake, if you will, of a Disney classic, because it's not like they went back to the source material from the get go and just from the ground up created a new Peter Pan story. They are leaning heavily on some of the, the famous iconic imagery of the Disney animated film, uh, including like it, the trailer shows that there's going to be the moment of, of hook po- po- poised precariously over the crocodile's mouth as both feet are on like either side of the crocodile's, you know, jaws. <laughs> So he's, so he's kind of suspended above the crocodile's open mouth. Uh, that is in the trailer and that's a famous sequence in the cartoon version as well. And as I've said in the past, like I actually really like it when they move further away from the source material for their, their imagery. Once like a nod or two is fine, but I don't want to have a shot for shot remake situation going on. Fortunately, it looks like a lot of this movie is not going to be that. And um, I, again, I'm really digging the diversity of the cast because Mm -hmm. it feels nice to see fantasy that isn't uh, just completely made up of, of white performers uh, because it's, it starts to get really icky. If you start thinking about that for more than two seconds about, Oh, fantasy, that should just be a white thing. Like, okay, white fantasy you're starting to sound really not cool right now (laughs) yeah um i think the casting looks great the thing i'll say is like in all the trailers the cast looks like they're having fun with it yeah Um, and i like that which is not something i felt for the D &D movie based on the trailers um although they obviously did um but yeah i like it the the one thing that's interesting to me and maybe i just missed it or overlooked it is in the cartoon like the original story of peter pan the original play slash story he's not not good he's a little better in disney's version um it's one of the stories they slightly improved uh but it doesn't look like in this version that uh tinkerbell is super snotty um maybe they just haven't shown that maybe i overlooked it but like if you watch most versions of Peter Pan, she's she's like a little Sith. She's like a little winged Sith. Um, yeah, so, you could you could maybe think of her uh, at best as bratty. Yeah, like pure pure emotion, but also very egotistical and selfish, like Peter. So um, I'll be interested interesting to see how that does. But you know, Jonathan, you said you're not a fan of things that just stick to the source material. And I know you're worried about that with the little mermaid, but it looks like they are making some changes. They want to update the little mermaids, um, 
motivations to go on land a little bit and also are changing some of the lyrics and some of the songs. And I have, I have feelings about this for one. I feel like, so I'm not objecting to their changes or anything, but I feel like it's doing a bit of disservice to the original uh, film, not to change it. I think that's fine, but to suggest that the original film failed in some of those ways, it maybe it didn't make it obvious enough. And, and that's a fine argument to make, but I always felt that Ariel, the, the mermaid had already wanted to journey to the human world because she was fascinated by the human world and saw it as this place of adventure and discovery. Whereas her own environment was familiar and mundane to her. And that she then subsequently uh, becomes enamored with Prince Eric. But, but, but before she even sets eyes on him, she's already fascinated by it. So to me, her motivations were always that she wanted to be in the human realm uh, from the get-go and that the love story was on top of that. Whereas a lot of the criticism was that, oh, this is yet another Disney story where your, your female protagonist has no purpose until she encounters a man. And then that's what changes everything. And I think that's giving the original movie too little credit, but maybe this new version is going to make it far more apparent and, uh, and overtly textual instead of like I, subtext or whatever to show I, that, no, she's got these ambitions. So I agree. She did like the world, but what made her change her entire body and life was a, a dude, uh, was Prince Eric. Um, but in the original, like the very original story, that's the case too. I don't mind that. If it's a cautionary, like if it's a cautionary tra- tale of like, like what Frozen does, why are you doing this? This isn't smart, right? Um, I don't want them to be overt about it. I don't mind them changing it and adding that in. But if it's like, if it's not done well, if it's just very blatant so that you cannot miss it, hit you in the face with a two by four, it's not going to be fun to watch. You know, it it has to also stir- serve the storytelling. The interesting thing about songs, I'm not, I'm okay with them changing the song lyrics. They did it in Aladdin too, or Aladdin as well, not Aladdin too. Uh, um, but in the live action Aladdin, they changed some of the lyrics, especially in that opening song. They, well, um, they, they changed that. They changed that the opening song, even between when it was theatrically released and when it went out for home release, they changed the lyrics oh. because of the, the insensitive, uh, uh yeah racist kind of messaging of that uh, Arabian nights. Yeah. Which, which is great. I'm glad they did that. So changing lyrics doesn't necessarily mean anything bad exception of the fact, like, so my band covers kiss the girl. Uh, When we do pirate Palooza, we mash it up with uh, Jimmy Buffett's pirate looks at 40. And whenever we sing it out of context, my bandmate always goes, this is not a good song. Like this is a bad message. But when you put it in context of the movie and the article we we link actually kind of talks about this, the AV Club article, and they're a little saltier about it than I would be, but um, like they came out of the ocean. But, uh, you know, she wanted the prince to kiss her. She needed the prince to kiss her to break her curse and he wasn't doing it. So she was getting her friends to help her out. So she was consenting. Um, but he doesn't movie. know that, though. If If he doesn't know she's consenting, it's not consent. There I mean, has to I, be awareness. I, 
I feel like she was trying to give him clues and he wasn't picking up on it. And then she was trying to get her friends to make him realize. I think, I think the, I think the the problem is, is when her friends are saying it don't take a word, you know, she doesn't have to do anything. Just go ahead and kiss her. She she's ready for it. Then all he really has to do is say, Hey, I would really like to kiss you. Is that all right? And then she could nod or give a thumbs up. (laughs) If they add that in, that's great. Uh, and then they're, they're changing something in poor, unfortunate souls. And I can't remember, but I'm, I'm, I'm the fine men with up the there change, don't like a lot of blabber. True. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with an evil sea witch thinking that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think, I think that's the one that's the most perplexing to me. Like there's this whole verse where one Ursula is making the argument that men want women who don't speak up, who are. Uh, silent, you know, the kind who don't speak unless spoken to and uh, who are uh, there to look pretty. Like that's what Ursula is saying, but she's the bad guy. Like you're not supposed to believe her. You with the audience are not supposed to believe her. And so Mm -hmm. this is a change that I also find a little perplexing because I think that the villain should be making the bad faith argument that that should be kept in there uh, that that you're not meant to go home thinking, oh, you know, that Ursula, she had some really good points. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But that being said, you know, I think Alan Menken's still working on the music along with Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm still looking forward to it. Uh, You know, from the latest trailer of The Little Mermaid that came out like a month ago, we got to see Scuttle and Sebastian, and I'm cool with that. Um, I'm cool with Sebastian being an actual crab and not a lobster. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I, it's fine. I, I will say that. Okay. So I, I agree. Kinda, he was kind of a crab, but yeah, I agree in large part with the, what well, not to, not to go all the way back into it, but I did want to make this comparison, but I do agree in large part about the kiss the girl thing that that's, it's pretty clear from the context of the movie that while you have the literal words saying these things, one, you imagine Prince Eric can't actually understand <laughs> Sebastian. Like, it's probably not a really a a singing crab there that this is a mood that's being set up to try and encourage him to make a romantic gesture and that the song is really just symbolic of what is happening. And I would say that in that way, it's very similar to the song it's cold outside, right? That Mm -hmm. there are the different ways to look at that song. If you look at it through a modern lens and you're taking every verse literally, and I, I do this too. You take every verse literally. It does sound an awful lot like a guy trying to coerce a woman into staying when she doesn't want to, but through the performance of that song in, and when you take it within the context of when that song was written and what era it was, you know, reflecting, you realize this is really more of a courtship. It's it's two people playing with one another in within the restrictions that they uh, have to deal with based upon the culture at the time. And when you think of it that way, you're like, OK, in that context, this isn't like some creepy message of, uh, you know, trying to do everything you can to make someone change their mind so that they stay and make out with you. So I think that that's very similar. I think it's a very similar kind of situation between those two songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll have to wait and see what the end result is. Um, something 
I don't know if we talked about this previously, but we finally, if we didn't, uh, we're talking about it now. And if we did, at least we've got a trailer, which is the Muppets Mayhem show, which is follows uh, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Um, <laughs> yes, that's that's uh, the name of the band. Yeah, it took me a second. It's It's been a while. Um, and it this trailer kind of shows about how like they made music, but they never made an album. And then someone tries to modernize them and it doesn't quite work. And then they go back to doing what they love. And it looks like a cute, it looks like a cute uh, addition to the Muppet verse. Um, it feels very like original Muppet movie or the Muppets take Manhattan with the, what they show in the trailer and the amount of like celebrity cameos and stuff. Yeah, we talked about it briefly when they had the teaser because the teaser made it look like it was going to be kind of a like a, a mockumentary a la this is Spinal Tap. And there's clearly some elements of that. Like there's there are some bits where they are having these cameos where musicians are talking about how the Electric Mayhem were such a huge influence on their careers. But a lot of this does appear to be more of like your your classic Muppets kind of story where there's this huge goal the characters have, and it's really their journey to that goal. So if you think of the original Muppet movie, it was all about making their way from the Okefenokee Swamp, well, Kermit at least, from the Okefenokee Swamp all the way out to Hollywood. This it's to finally record that album that that they've never actually got around to recording. And um, I thought the trailer looked really classic Muppets. Like, that sort of chaotic energy I associate with the Muppets appears to be in this, this project. And I really like that. I agree. I super agree. Sorry. I had leaned away from my microphone for a second. It's um, okay. I've got hiccups. So we're, we're all, we're all struggling right now. Nice. Nice. Uh, something else we got a trailer for is star Wars visions. Um, that's that project where a bunch of different, um, animation specialists and artists tell different star Wars stories in their own styles. Uh, the first season, I love the artwork. The stories left me kind of meh. I so I should know better, but the artwork for the second season looks so good. I'm, yeah, I, I I still haven't seen the first season. I'm way so I got so burnt out on Star Wars. I mean, you you guys know this. I never watched the last of the the main movies, so I'm way behind on Star Wars. But I feel the same way. Like when I looked at this, like the the different art styles, all of them I found appealing in different ways. And they all managed to have little moments of like, Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I don't want to be excited for it because the last time it was like, I love this animation. It's just okay, but I'm excited for it. I can't help it. Um, (laughs) something. So like something else I didn't think I'd be excited for was the Marvel's movie. Like, in concept, I liked it, but in actuality, I, it felt, I don't know. It felt too burnouty to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got a trailer for the Marvels and it looks so good. It looks like, I, I don't, I don't like in line with like the first guardians of the galaxy or Spider-Man homecoming or, or something just that fun is how it looks to me. Absolutely. I, I mean, first of all, of that goes to Kamala Khan. Uh, Kamala Khan is a delightful character. She's so awkward and dorky and enthusiastic. Like she's, she's sort of the stand in for the Marvel fan in the MCU, right? Mm Because she's, 
she herself is a fan of these various superheroes and, uh, and the, the trailer really plays that up. And uh, that actress is just, she's so good at playing that part she's because so here's the, here's the secret. She really is a super fan. I have watched so many videos of people trying to get her with some of the most obscure trivia and she just rattles the freaking answers off. It's amazing. So um, yeah. I, I give yeah. her like 80% of the credit. I will also say real quick though, that one of the issues I've had is that captain Marvel, the character captain Marvel hasn't felt very fun to me in, in her appearances. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's coming across like the female version of Tony Stark and uh, but less personable. Like she's just, she's just very like task oriented. Yeah. She, but, but she, you know, very confident and snarky confident re- because she's, I mean, come on, she's the most powerful entity that we've encountered so far in the Marvel cinematic universe. But um, she's, you know, she, she rarely comes across as kind of fun. And in this trailer, it looks like Brie Larson's given some opportunities to, to play that up. And I think part of it is this, this idea of the powers being entangled so that when one person activates their powers, it can trigger a switcheroo between them and one of the other two, the the three being mm-hmm. uh, Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, and, and photon, I guess is, I don't know if she's got a Mon- uh, Monica Rambo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if she's, I don't know if she's adopted a superhero name or anything yet, so- but she's, She's the third one. Yeah. So I was going to say, of course, the actress who plays Kamala Khan is a super fan. Like Marvel started coming out when she was in her very impressionable years. If you figure out when like the first Iron Man came out, she was a little. Um, But also, I agree. I was going to say the exact. I'm kind of mad at you, Jonathan, for jumping in my head and getting to my point before me. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no. I was going to say the same thing about Carol Danvers and also about Monica Rambeau because they've been put into such situ- first of all no apologies for you and I being on the same wavelength I'm just picking on you um second of all like I agree I feel like both of them have been put into like more serious situations and it's fun to see them in like a three stooges situation and, and get yeah. to have some fun and play around and same same with Nick Fury anytime Nick Fury ends up being the fool it's hilarious so I don't yes, know if he and, will and- be but in my head <laughs> Well, he's, he's definitely sitting there like this situation is so absurd that I don't, I don't know if I want to deal with it. And if I do want to, I don't know how I'll deal with it. That's kind of the impression I got. But uh, also I wanted to say that like Monica Rambo is fantastic in WandaVision, like absolutely amazing in WandaVision. Yes. So uh, I will be very curious to see, uh, how how it all plays out but she's a great actress and very charismatic I so i i expect that'll be great too i so i was i, I, I think loved, it was i think it was just the i think it was just the situation she was put into she was yes. phenomenal i love her but it was more serious yeah i i i love this trailer i'm looking forward to this movie and uh i want to give a message to youtube right now youtube stop trying to send me videos from like a bunch of white dudes who are really upset that Marvel is making a movie called the Marvels to the point where they started calling dismissively calling it the M she you because you guys are jerks and don't like fun. And I don't want a Marvel that you guys want. 
and YouTube just stop sending me those videos. Jonathan, this is YouTube. We've heard yeah. you and we'll agree. Thanks. Um, I agree. You, but you, you sound like, you, you know, when I get upset, I could, uh, you, what usually helps me is having like a nice little snack. Um, and <laughs> are you, are you, have. so we'd like to, uh, take a break to thank our sponsor. Hello fresh. They aren't a sponsor. Um, uh, <laughs> no, but I, I was segueing. So yeah, normally you listen, if you listen to us, you listen to other podcasts, I'm sure. And you know, hello fresh sponsors, everybody. They don't, they are not our sponsor, but they have come out with guardians of the galaxy recipes for sus- subscribers, like six of them. And also a guardians of the galaxy snack pack that anybody can try to get uh, on April 17th. Um, there's Zarg nuts and like a fizzy mango milky drink. Yeah. Uh, which it's like, coconut. I did not make sound. Of, yeah. It's I like coconut it milk good. and mango. Yeah. So it's, it's more like, like think of like a tropical drink you would get like uh, akin to something like a virgin pina colada, um, but with mango rather than like pineapple. And yeah. uh, I, I looked these over Ariel, I gotta, I gotta admit, like these sound good. They do. Like the the Zarg the Zarg bites are pretzels, cashews, sweet Thai chili sauce, and chocolate chips. I would, I would go through the pain of eating that because um, <laughs> I can't have chili sauce. But it sounds really good. The mango milky fizz, as gross as I made it sound, is apricot jam, coconut milk, seltzer, and mango bits. Um, and it, they come in like a, they have like a cute little jar and a cute little like tall milk carton. Um, I'm not a big fan of seltzer, but it still sounds good. Um, yeah, these look good and the meals look good. I'm, I don't get HelloFresh, but the meals do look good. Uh, my friend has HelloFresh and they're going to tell me all about it when they get yeah. get the recipes. When <laughs> I saw this, I thought I might actually because I use a I use a service right now for my meals, but they are ready made meals as opposed to ones that you put together yourself. And um, I thought I might actually for a week switch this out because these meal, a lot of them sound really, really, they all sound really good, but a couple of them I could not eat because for instance, one of them has beef in it and I don't eat mammals. So I wouldn't yeah. eat that one, but it's not because it doesn't sound good. It's because that's just, I don't eat that food, but yeah, they sound really, really. And again, they're not a sponsor, but they really did sound good, which just made me laugh because uh, Ariel, I'm sure you have seen in the past tie-ins between movies and various like restaurants and stuff where mm-hmm. like nine times out of 10, whatever the theme tie-in in, tie-in is looks terrible. I'm thinking mostly about like Denny's and IHOP here. Those are like the two that I always yeah. associate with like the Lord of the Rings, Hobbit hole breakfast or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do, I do see. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, but this looks this looks really good. Um, I'm excited. I HelloFresh appeals to me, but between my allergies, which are harder for them to work around, and my husband not liking vegetables, it's <laughs> difficult for us to find meals that they provide that we would both like. There are meals I totally, that I would like or he would like. But I totally get that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, I do not envy you and your meal planning. And um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I totally get that too. Like I, I also have some allergies. My biggest one being shellfish. I cannot do shellfish. Mm-hmm. So I also typically avoid seafood. I love seafood, but I typically avoid it simply because of the dangers of cross contamination. Yeah. But it, it starts to seriously limit what you can do now. And, and Ariel has far more food sensitivities than I do. Yeah. I can't, I can't eat nightshades. Um, 
usually. I sometimes do, and then I suffer. Uh, so if you want to do it, I'm. it's HelloFreshAdventure.com, April 17th at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. I hate to tell people that because I want to get one, but also they will also be available on April 24th and May 1st at the same times. So, you know, spam your Google. Uh, woo! We got a lot more to go through and not a lot of time. The next thing we got was a trailer for The Penguin. We knew the show was coming out on HBO Max uh, with The Penguin from The Batman. Honestly, like it didn't grab me. It kind of looks like they were trying to get the Sopranos fans. Yeah. But poorly. It definitely looks more like a, I mean, it shouldn't come as a surprise. It definitely looks more like a mafia based show. So I, I think of things like, you know, um, the Sopranos or I think of boardwalk empire. Of course that's a period piece, but you know what I mean? Uh, it feels the same sort of thing, but this one's set in Gotham, but then like, how would you not do that? If you're trying to have a grounded version of the penguin versus like the more colorful one that we associate from say the, the late sixties era where it was a, a character who literally would commit crimes trying to steal bird themed stuff. Like it's, it's hard to do. Um, I mean, you could argue you don't have to do it at all, but then, <laughs> then we wouldn't even get anything. So I don't know. Uh, it, it didn't, it didn't make me want to watch the series, but, uh, at the same time, HBO, uh, HBO Max and now just Max, at least as of May 23rd, uh, has been doing pretty well with its series. So I hope maybe this will be another another positive, like high quality series to come out that will be really entertaining. Something like The Last of Us was Um, I just it it just hasn't grabbed me yet. Yeah. um, Colin Farrell was good in the role in the movie, but the movie was bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, let's... yeah. The, the more, the more distance I get from that film, the less I like it. Like mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I've said multiple times, I actually really like that version of the Riddler. Uh, Ariel doesn't cause she doesn't like the no. creepy super Zodiac killer version of the Riddler, but I really dug that. I thought it was really interesting, but I didn't like the fact that Batman is being, like all the marketing was like, ah, it's the first Batman film where Batman's really a detective. And I'm like, he's the worst detective. This guy is terrible. He doesn't solve anything of any significance. (laughs) And in fact, by the time he does figure things out, it's literally too late. (laughs) Yeah. And you can have some of that or else your movie's over real quick, but you have to, you have to have a win by the end. Uh, So Jonathan, I know that you're super sad that John wick four is the last John wick official movie. Yeah, um, um, for reasons we won't go into because we don't want to spoil it for people. But uh, don't worry. On top of Ballerina, we're still getting more John Wick content. We're getting uh, The Continental on Peacock. Yes, this is a prequel series that is set in the 70s. So this will be centered on The Continental. That's the hotel that's central to almost all the John Wick stuff where it's kind of the sanctuary where assassins can go and the rules state that there cannot be any work done on premises. And it, 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 it like, I don't want to go too deep into the John wick mythology because I frankly find it more and more absurd with every John wick entry. 
<laughs> but uh, I will say the teaser looks looks really, really atmospheric. Like the aesthetic is something I really dig. Um, I don't know that I'll watch the series. Yeah. I mean, the aesthetic is the aesthetic of the continental, which was a fun location in John Wick. And the seventies. Like there is like a strong seventies aesthetic. Like even, even the cinematography kind of gives the feeling of seventies era cinema, like that kind of lighting and stuff. I think of things like taxi driver, it feels kind of like that, but through obviously kind of a, a modern take on that approach. Yeah. Uh, the next trailer we got was for Netflix's animated sci-fi <laughs> Jonathan put in quotes, comedy series uh, called Mulligan. Uh, yeah. It's like this uh, Boston it's like this Boston hardhead who ends up saving the world from aliens and becomes president is what I can tell from it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like I think of it as what if you took idiocracy and you combine that with Mars attacks and then you would get and, Mulligan. And then you told it like American dad. Uh, right. Right. But but also like. the reason why I put comedy in quotation marks is because I was like, this is perhaps the least funny thing I've seen <laughs> since the trailer I, for the Elvis secret agent series. <laughs> I agree. Actually, I think Elvis was funnier, uh, but only by a hair. Uh, neither of them is very funny, but I agree. Mulligan wasn't very funny. It didn't grab me. It's got some good voice actors, but that's not enough to they're, they're going to have to try to sell it to me harder. Um, unlike the gremlins cartoon, which I'm instantly on board for because it looks adorable. Yeah. But Ariel already knows my feelings. This is trash. It is garbage. It is worthless because in the trailer, which is set as a prequel, like 60 years before the events of gremlins, Gizmo introduces himself as Gizmo. And we all know that Gizmo got his name from the, the father character in the original Gremlins movie because he was an inventor. So Gizmo couldn't have the name Gizmo in the twenties. So this cartoon is garbage. Thank you. Good night. What if it was Kismet? Like his name was actually Gizmo, but, uh, but then he kind of kissed the girl song, did it the dad um, while well, the dad was sleeping to know that that animal creature's name was Gizmo or it is the actual Gizmo, but he's traveled back in time uh, to do like a, a, a all you zombies self-perpetuating sort of naming scheme. Well, if it's the second one, I will allow it. <laughs> but if it's but if it's the <laughs> first one, then you're taking away one of the few wins that inventor character gets in all of Gremlins. Yeah. And I can't abide that. No, I think they just named it Gizmo so people could relate to the character they liked. Um, uh, th- but regardless, the cartoon looks cute unless you're Jonathan and you think it's trash. Uh, uh, I, uh, if I'm being more serious and, and less like knee jerk reaction dude on the Internet, uh, I think that the cartoon looks cute, too. I think it looks yeah. uh, fun. And, you know, I'm a big fan of gremlins the the franchise so i i am more than happy to give this a shot yeah uh real last thing i'll say on it um that probably i'll be the only person who gets a steep cut it feels kind of like a mix between like um 
a Kung Fu Panda 2D animation and the Jackie Chan Adventures cartoon, um, which I think you were too old for by the time it came out, Jonathan. I, I am aware that it was a thing, but, you know, I never watched it. Yeah, um, I don't know why it strikes me as that, but it kind of does. Uh, did you know Seth Rogen's making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? That's a complete aside. I didn't know that. It's really interesting looking. Um, I also did not know that. I saw the trailer when I saw D&D and I forgot to put it in the notes, but we don't have time for that. Instead, let's talk about the last voyage of the Dawn. I mean, the last voyage of the Demeter. Yeah. So this is where we get into the horror movie and horror series section, which (laughs) I think I think Ariel will now notice I grouped all of those together. Why you got to end it on a scary note? I got to. Do, do be a person after this well you know it's i'm sorry it's just kind of how it all no, it's fine. anyway so we got like it's four fine. we've got four spoopy stories and um yeah so the the demeter is the name of the ship in the novel dracula that transports dracula in his coffin to england so you know dracula of course starts off in transylvania uh he's got Jonathan under his clutches. Jonathan is, is essentially kind of, you know, who, who is playing the part of a, a real estate agent, essentially trying to sell some, uh, some uh, estate in London to Dracula. Jonathan is uh, detained, let's say, because to go into detail is scandalous. And Dracula is shipped to England. But in the book, the ship essentially kind of, is a ghost ship. It crashes and there's no one alive on board. And, uh, you know, you're left to your imagination as to what actually happened on the ship as Dracula was being transported to England. Well, this movie is aiming to tell you exactly what did happen on that fateful trip with the skipper and Gilligan and Mary Ann too. (laughs) (laughs) I, it, it actually looks kind of fun. Um, you know, if you're like, why, why didn't they just go to Harbor when this happened? Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> it looks fun. It looks scary. Uh, it looks a little like, you know, Moby Dick. Um, so uh, I don't know. My brain is making weird associations. Uh, uh, I, I thought it looked good. Uh, I, like I, I, I like the idea of telling the story. I am not entirely sold on the vampire design that we see in the trailer. It's very and- Nosferatu. And I really, really wish they had resisted the urge to include a song in the trailer. They should have just stuck with instrumental music because hearing the world is a vampire in the middle of your stupid trailer. I hated it. My brain completely blocked that out. I just wish they didn't put a dog in it so I don't have to be worried about the doggy. Um, I'll spoil this for you. No one makes it out. Uh, I'm going to move on then. Uh, So we also got a spooky trailer for a film called Talk to Me, which is there to completely just make you afraid that if you handshake something, uh, you're going to get haunted. Yeah, this looks like a possession movie, essentially. Uh, My dog is possessed. Hi, Tibble. Yeah, hi, Tibble. Um, But yeah, it's a possession movie where uh, it's following along a lot of tropes that are pretty familiar for horror movie fans, right? Like a bunch of young people get together. They start messing with something. 
that they think is both fun and spooky at the same time. It goes too far. One of them gets possessed. And then you've got this dangerous uh, paranormal presence that is malevolent in nature that's going to try and kill everybody. You know, tale as old as time. Yeah, song as old as... Ah! Um, uh, <laughs> speaking of screaming, uh, the directors for Scream 6 are probably making a Universal Monster movie. So if you thought the Dark Universe was dead, well, maybe it is, but the Universal Monsters themselves, well, maybe they are too, but their time in the limelight isn't necessarily. Yeah, well, I mean, we just talked about the last voyage of the Demeter, which is Dracula, right? It's, like so, And it is a Universal picture, I guess. Yeah, so... Are they are they trying to re-reboot their Dark Universe? I'm I'm more for it with the last voyage of the Demeter. I, I have not heard anything along those lines. It wouldn't surprise me if they were trying to give it another go because, you know, the whole purpose for the dark universe in the first place was to try and create something akin to the Star Wars universe or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This idea of this interconnected series of stories where the stories all tie in with one another and therefore you are going to go and see every single darn one of them if you want to be able to understand what's going on. That's... That could be both to the benefit and the detriment of a franchise, particularly the longer it goes. See also Star Wars and Marvel. But as <laughs> we know, the previous attempts have not gone well. I don't know if they're trying it again, but I will say that like, if they're going with the directors for Scream 6 to direct a Universal monster movie, uh, it might end up being a pretty tense and intense monster movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I, I look forward to seeing the possibilities, even if the end result ends up being too scary for me. Um, the last thing is, so I haven't watched any true detective. It, I don't know why it should have appealed to me because it was detective-y and also Cthulhu-y, but, um, this, it's coming out with a new season series spinoff called De true detective night country with Jodie Foster. And it looks like Cthulhu meets Fargo. And I am on board for it. Yeah. Uh, I also haven't watched any true detective. I've seen clips and it always looked interesting, but it also looked like the kind of thing where if I wasn't paying 110% attention, that I was going to miss out on something really important that would have the whole thing click into place for me. And uh, it's been a few years since I felt I could really focus. I don't know. Something must have happened over the last few years or something. Oh, oh, so it must have been, I, I'm sorry. Did you say something? I, I feel like my brain just fried again. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, no, I, I went on for a while, but it's okay. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna end on that sad, sad note. That's all we've got for this week. Um, we hope you've enjoyed all the geeky news. We certainly have. Uh, if you'd like to write us and tell us about things that you like, or if you want us to bring mashups back or, just want to say hi. How can they do that, Jonathan? Well, for me, you must wait until it is cold outside. And you'll feel that you really can't stay, that you've got to go away. The evening has been so very nice. But your mother will start to worry. And your father will be pacing the floor. So really... The best thing for you to do is to scurry, but maybe just half a drink more. The neighbors might 
think. Say, what's in this drink? I wish I knew how to break this spell. And you ought to say, no, 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 sir. But at least you're going to say you tried. Because it's so very cold outside. And when it warms up, I'll get back to you. Kali, uh, I bumped my microphone in fear. So if that's, if you hear a clonk, that's what it was, Jonathan. Uh, if you don't want to do the scary times writing, you can also uh, contact us on social media. On Twitter, we're LNC underscore podcast. On Instagram and Facebook, we're Large Neutron Collider. You can also check us out on our Discord. Dis- Discord? Not on our Discord. On our Discord at Large Neutron Collider. And, and we have our email, which is largenerdronpod at gmail.com. So yeah, lots of ways to write us. We love hearing from you. Uh, we'll get back as soon as we can if you write. And until next time, I am Ariel hiding under the covers casting. And I am Jonathan Shalalalalalamayomai Strickland. The Large Nerdron Collider was created by Ariel Caston and produced, edited, published, deleted, undeleted, published again, cursed at by Jonathan Strickland. Music by Kevin McLeod of Incomptech.com. <laughs>